You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. Um, this today's podcast, we're going to focus on UVA basketball since they're tipping off on Monday night. We're doing our football uh broadcast on Tuesday. Um, Tony Elliott would actually speak to the media on Monday uh because of the short week that they're going to Louisville on Thursday. Um, this is our first episode since um prior um to that uh, Miami game. And uh, um, last week we had an unexpected break. If you read on my message board post, we had a little bit of a hectic week with you know illness in the family, plus uh, just, a, just a crazy week uh, with basketball and football kind of going semi-tenously with media days. And then also still not having someone to help with the editing part of the podcast. That's hopefully um, getting sorted out so that I could have some help on that side when I'm on the road, um, especially with basketball and football kind of going the same time uh, next week. I'll be at both men's and women's game and football. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a hectic week, me being constantly not being home. So it's hard for me to edit. So hopefully that will get sorted itself out, which means more podcast episodes like it was previously with twice a week rather than once a week. And then obviously the unexpected hiatus last week. So like I said, we're going to focus a little bit on Virginia men's basketball. They start off on Tuesday night, and there's been a lot to talk about. And Virginia head coach Tony Bennett met with the media, not only in ACC tip-off when we were in Charlotte, but also last Monday for media day. And he seems very excited about this team. He's excited to experiment with this lineup and seeing what lineup works with what. Um, he's really excited to see his transfers and how these new faces kind of line up about Reese Beekman finally being the guy, you know, this is his team without Kihei Clark. So one of the big things that he focused on a lot is talking about this lineup and how they can adjust um, moving forward and how they can adjust who's starting with who they're playing. I think, you know, first you better rely on Reese. Um, that's, that's important because of his, he's in his fourth year and then, Ryan, who played last year as a freshman, 11 minutes, and, and Isaac McNeely played the 20 minutes as a freshman. Um, those guys will have to certainly, even though they didn't play much, we'll rely on them. And and there's a newness that's exciting now, <laughs> you know. But you know there's going to be growing pains, and you know you're going to have to be patient. But um, but I think we've done a good job putting this team together, and I like this team because it, you know, the core of our team. You know, if if it goes right, we'll stay together for the next two or three years, and that's important. And who knows? I know it's a different time, but you still you still have that. So, um, 
we've been successful because of continuity, and I think continuity and veterans will always win out, even in this new era. So that's the challenge. But I think there's some excitement, and um, you know, again, that team last year was was old and good, <laughs> and then unfortunately with Ben getting hurt at the end, um, that was hard for us. But now we got a, a team that I hope is new and good. We got to try to figure that out. But patience is required. That's why these scrimmages are so valuable. Um, we scrimmaged UConn and learning a lot about that. A lot of guys, they do have experience. You know, Andrew Rohde was a really good freshman at St. Thomas. Uh, Jake Rose, Jordan Miner, Dante Harris, those guys played in college games. One in the Big 12, one in the Big East. So there's some experience. But, yes, yeah, just getting together and, and playing and then relying on some of the other guys. It's, it's – um, it's a process, and again, I don't know where they pick us. None of that stuff really matters because it's going to be what you do, not what anyone says or you say. So we'll have to prove it, and it's it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit of a, a reset for us, but trying to build it with, I think, there's some excitement. Uh, we've we've looked good at times, and we've looked bad at times, and, you know, that's the reality of it. Yeah, we'll play host to Tarleton State to open things up on Monday night. It is set to tip off at 7 p.m. on ACC Network Extra. So for Paris for the opening game, we're going to take a quick break and welcome 24-7 sports Isaac Trotter. Uh, Isaac is going to help me talk a little bit about the key talking points heading into the season for the Cavaliers. So we'll be right back with Isaac. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. Drag queens save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And we're going to bring in Isaac here in just a minute to talk about UVA hoops and kind of preview the expectations for the season coming in as an unranked team um, in preseason polls. It's a season where the Cavaliers return 28.1% of the scoring. That's compared to them returning 91.4% from the 2021-2022 year. Uh, they only have one starter returning, which is Reese Beekman and there's a couple of faces that return that had a couple that had around 11 minutes which is Reese Beekman and Isaac McNeely but a lot of new faces coming in on the transfer route and also if you include Leon Bond who redshirted last year he's also someone who will be competing for minutes and fresh freshman Blake Buchanan and so Virginia Hoops is going to start their season on a Monday night and to help me go deeper into this season and preview i have 24 7 sports isaac trotter isaac thank you so much for joining us 
Uh, anytime. Basketball season is here. It's the best time of the year, and I'm excited. So let, let's talk some basketball. Yeah, and, you know, for for the first time, I think since 2017, 2018, Virginia men's basketball is not ranked in the AP 25 poll. I think Tony Bennett's teams have been ranked nine out of ten seasons. So a surprise for you when you look at this Virginia team that they coming in unranked or because of so many new faces, it's logical that that's what's happening preseason. Yeah, I'm actually not super surprised because this is a team that doesn't look like a Tony Bennett team, right? Like this is a very young team this year. You know, last year, uh, Virginia was one of the oldest teams in the country. This year, I think Virginia is about the 11th youngest in the ACC. So it's just a very different looking group. You got transfers coming in, Tony Bennett adding a bunch of new faces. So, you know, I think the AP Top 25 is really flawed, right? Like you go back last year, UConn's not ranked. Texas Tech was number 25 in the country last year, and they finished um, dead last in the Big 12. Uh, you Obviously, North Carolina, number one, doesn't make the NCAA tournament. So the AP Top 25 is a flawed exercise. But it's not super stunning. I think right now, I think a lot of people are having a hard time with Virginia nationally. Like, hey, like they've lost a lot of guys. Like, hey, Caden Shedrick is a person that a lot of people from the outside really liked, a, a top 15-ish transfer in the country, he's gone. Kihei Clark is gone. They've they've lost a lot of guys that we've seen. And, you know, I think if there's a consistent theme with the AP Top 25 is like the, the teams that return the players that we know what they look like, yeah, we'll rank them high. The teams that don't return the players that we know what they look like in that scheme, nah, then we're not going to like them as much. And I disagree with a lot of certain things with the AP Top 25, but I, I understand it with Virginia, so to speak. Yeah, there's a lot of new faces. I mean, this was a pretty much a redo of Virginia's roster. Tony Bennett went to the portal and worked the portal ridiculously hard to get Jake Groves, Jordan Minor. Um, Dante Harris was the one he picked up even before the season and then last year from Georgetown. Um, Jordan Minor, Andrew Rohde. I mean, though he went into the portal and saw his the holes that he needed to fill. But I think the returners are some very talented guys, like obviously keeping Reese Beekman for his final year of eligibility was one of the biggest recruiting wins that Tony Bennett and his staff had since Reese Beekman was going into the NBA draft and kind of seeing where he stood there. But also Ryan Dunn was, is also a very talented guy that's getting a lot of buzz coming to the season. So a lot of the returners have, you know, a lot of potential to have breakout season and Reese Beekman, there's no Kihei Clark. So this is his chance to make it his team. It totally is. And I thought that I was at the NBA Combine and I thought Reese played really well. And I was talking to him there and it he kind of gave the vibe that he didn't want to go back to school. It felt like he was really focused on that process. And so to get him back, I think was a pretty coordinated effort from Virginia from, you know, all aspects of it. Like, obviously, there's going to be some NIL stuff there, but it's also from a pure basketball perspective. Like, what you're coming back to show is that you can – this is your team now. Like, this is my show. And so I think offensively, you've kind of been waiting for Reese Beekman to assert himself as that alpha. I have no questions about him defensively, but at the combine, you saw him get to play with the ball in his hands more. You saw him be the key decision maker – and he was making guys better. And I think that's going to really translate to Virginia. What does that look like from a stats perspective? I expect him to have a career year offensively. But I do think it's a situation where, like, he makes everybody else so much better. Like, I think he opens up those catch-and-shoot opportunities for Isaac McNeely. He opens up Ryan Dunn as a screener, as a roller. Like, you're going to see Andrew Rohde's, you know, transition from the Summit League to the ACC, which is really, really hard, be so much easier because Reese Speakman is back. And so I think it's a very fascinating, 
you know, he's as important as any player in the ACC, in my opinion. Like he he's really the piece that that holds this entire group together. And he sets the standard, you know, on in the practice floor, on the defensive end, everything like he is the standard setter, the tone setter for this team. And so to get him back, you know, you could look in the portal and potentially get a big time transfer. But like you could argue that, like, there's only a couple players that are more valuable to Virginia in the portal than what they would have gotten if Reese Beekman didn't come back. You know what I mean? Like him coming back is as important as, you know, any of the top five transfers in the country, I think, you know, uh, and, and that's a huge, huge piece that's kind of slept under the radar. Like everybody goes, oh, Reese Beekman back. That's awesome. But like, what would this program look like without him? Like it, we would have a very different conversation about Virginia's floor and their ceiling if he wasn't here. No, that's for sure. And I think this, in this age of transfer portal, Sometimes your biggest win in recruiting is when you recruit that locker room with your best talent. So that was definitely, I, I, I agree with you. That was the best win for this team during the off season. And I feel like it's time to overact a little bit, Isaac, because during, um, you know, obviously they open up the season on Monday night and they released the game notes coming into it, which means they have a potential starting lineup. So this is time for all our overreactions on what the uh, media relations team at UVA has predicted as a potential starting lineup. You have the Reese Beekman, Andrew Rohde, Isaac McNeely, and Ryan Dunn, which is we all expected those four to be in the starting lineup. But then Jake Groves is their fifth guy on that starting lineup, which, you know, many people have, did not have him in their potential starting lineups. They had him as a potential part of the lineup because Tony Bennett even said that he's going to tweak a little bit the lineup depending on the matchups. But having Jordan Minor take murray leon bond blake buchanan and dante harris coming from the bench i thought jordan minor was going to be that fifth guy what is your reaction when you see that yeah i i think it will be jordan minor eventually you know and what does that look like now you know it's kind of up and down i think that uh, eventually both of these guys are going to be needed all year long what does this split look like like how often are we going to see jordan minor and jacob groves on the floor together I don't know. I think that's a question that's still kind of up in the air. Or is it really like a 50-50 split at the five? But, you know, both guys can be helpful. I think you need both of them to really compete. And Groves is a guy who shot, I think he shot 38% on threes last year. Um, a very efficient catch-and-shoot guy. But I, I, he's not going to shoot a ton of volume there. But Virginia doesn't really ask that from its big men. It's, do you defend? Do you rebound? Do you turn people's water off in the paint? Like, what do you add as a, from a screening perspective? Can you get guys open? And Groves, I think defensively, is really well coached throughout his career. You know, he's he transferred to Oklahoma last year. Porter Moser, they didn't have a great year the last couple of years. But Moser, like you talk to coaches around the industry, like he's regarded as one of the best defensive coaches and pure basketball minds in the country. And and Groves like was really well schooled for them, did a lot of very good things for them defensively. So I, I think it's one of those situations where maybe that transition from the Big 12 to the ACC might be a touch easier. If he really is starting, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, you know, concerned by the length or athleticism of high major basketball. Jordan Miner's a really good player. Jordan Miner's going to help them a lot this year. But I think Groves, that transition period for Groves might be a touch easier because Miner, I mean, Merrimack to the to Virginia is definitely a difference. But I, I do think that Miner's going to end up maybe if this is a real competition for that five spot, I think he's going to end up winning it by the time ACC play comes around because you know, he's 6'8", he's 240, he's strong, he's he's a really, really impactful defender. He gets his hands on a lot of basketballs, like just deflections machine. Uh, and I think he's going to rebound really, really well. I, I You know, I, I think rebounding 
is obviously athleticism on length and speed is different from Merrimack to Virginia, but like rebounding is all about like toughness and do you want it? And Jordan Miner, there is no question about his toughness and if he wants the basketball. And I just feel like he has a nose for the nose for the ball, and that's going to really, really showcase uh, on the glass. And he's going to be a really helpful piece. So they need both. You know, I don't think either of these guys is uh, is a piece that's going to come in and be like you're 15 and 11. But I think co- together they could combine 15 and 11. I don't know what that minutes looks like. I'm fascinated to find out what that looks like on Monday and moving forward. Yeah, I'm actually really fascinated to find out Blake Buchanan's role, too, because I feel like he's a guy that's come in, um, although a freshman, and freshmen don't generally contribute much in Tony Bennett's system, although we have, you know, obviously Isaac Manili and Ryan Dunn, who did contribute about 10, 11 minutes last year. I feel like Blake Buchanan is one that could also fight his way also to potential starter in particular matchups. What's kind of your take on Blake and what is your expectations around him? Yeah, I... I I'm very fascinated as you are. Like, I, I think there is a, a question about how well Virginia can protect the rim this year. They've lost a lot of size. Caden Shedrick was a, a big piece of that. I mean, we've seen it in the past where like Virginia, like this front court is pretty small compared to like com- some of the ACC mm-hmm. counterparts. How much can Buchanan fix that? What does he add there from that? Like, you know, he he was one of the better rim protectors in his class. So I, I'm just interested to see like how good he can be on that end right away. Like rim protection is something that I feel like if he can run the floor, protect the rim, rebound, and just understand the scheme, I think there are minutes here. But I, I think it also goes back to like how often can you get like you're splitting those 80 front court minutes up between done. I expect him to get 30. How much more there, like 25 for minor, 25 for Groves and somehow, you know, that's that's 80 right there. So like he has to steal those minutes from somewhere. Like, where does that come from? That's my concern about how big his role can be right now. But from a rim protection standpoint, like, you know, Miner's a good athlete, but he's not 6'11". You know what I mean? Like Groves is a solid athlete, but he doesn't have that pure, real, like raw verticality. And, you know, I think Buchanan averaged over three blocks a game in in his uh on the grassroots circuit i think I, I should double check that number but i think he can be a really interesting piece of that because he just looks a little bit different than what virginia has in that front court yeah and then i think when you look at breakout candidates for a season it's easy to point to ryan dunn when you think breakout candidate. i mean a lot of people point to him as a potential nba guy even after this season when you look at this roster who's your breakout candidate who's a guy that you think okay, he's going to make more noise than expected or just a guy that feels like he could stand out? Yeah, I'm a huge Andrew Rohde fan. I think Andrew Rohde rocks. I think I just, there's a lot about his game that's so fun. And, you know, I think that the Summit League today to the ACC is scary. I, I, I'm i fully aboard that. But like, he's 6'6", he's super long. The IQ is there. He moves without the basketball super well. His release is just like lightning quick. And he's got like, I mean, he is an assassin from downtown. So I think he's going to be a huge piece of this. You know, Dunn's going to be a, a really important piece. McNeely, I thought McNeely, like he was a freshman last year. He didn't feel like he played like one, you know, like he just was super, super sound and finding a way to get on the floor. And that backcourt was old. That whole team was old. And it felt like Virginia was better when Isaac McNeely was on the floor last year. And I don't think that's going to change. So I think that it's the it, these sophomores. It's so fascinating to me because these sophomores really control everything about Virginia. I know Virginia is going to be good as long as Reese Beekman is healthy and Tony Bennett's the coach. Like they're going to be solid, a high floor team. But can they win the ACC? They can't without these three sophomores. And it's Rhodey and it's McNeely and it, and it's done. And how does that 
work. You know, for, for me, like Dunn is I, defensively, if he's your defensive stopper this year, he elevates into that. Like, and he's the best wing defender in the ACC. I think that's realistic for him. He could, that's a realistic goal that he should try to be going out and doing every single night. But offensively, I think he would be better if he simplified his game. And I think that's where Virginia can use him in such great ways because they don't need him to be that alpha. They don't need him to be that shot creation. Like, hey, clock is winding down against Duke. It's six seconds on the shot clock. Here you go. Take it and dribble twice and pull up for a 17-foot jumper. Like, they don't need that from him. And so I'm I'm really interested to see what he turns into and how he can find his offensive game organically without necessarily needing to, like, go create something out of nothing. And, and how does he – you know, how efficient is he from his catch and shoot numbers? How efficient is he in transition? And what does his job look like in the half court? Can they use him as a screener? Can they show some of his secondary playmaking and put him in positions to succeed where he is attacking long closeouts and going to the rim and tearing the rim off? Because that's that's the type of athlete that he is. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what he looks like. And we've seen a lot of sophomore leaps. Um, and, and, you know, you, the easy ones are like, you see like the Jaden Ivies, you see the Keegan Murray's, you see Johnny Davis, what they turned into just huge sophomore leaks and the first round picks. I don't, I don't think he has like the role to be like that type of offensively that, that have that offensive role for Virginia. But I think he can elevate himself into a first round pick by just simplifying his game offensively and then being, you know, a defensive maven that he is. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it my, for my final question was in the first question we asked about the preseason rankings and what you thought. When you look at this team and you said it, you know, if Tony and it's the coach and Reese Beekman is healthy, this team can have a higher ceiling. Where do you think this team will be when conference play starts? Do you, do you feel like they're going to exceed expectations? Yeah, so that's a fascinating question because I felt like last year, Virginia started out really not many hiccups. They looked great early in the season. You know what they did out in Vegas. They beat some really good teams and looked like the best team out there. And so I think last year's team obviously had more experience, but I don't think it had as much skill. And this year's team is a little different. They don't have that much experience, but they got a lot more skill. And, you know, we haven't really talked about him yet, but Dante Harris has a lot of skill. And I think he's going to bring a lot of, uh, you know, is he that second unit offensive leader for this group? And so I would expect there to be some hiccups early. It's natural. You got a lot of new faces. You have a ton of underclassmen. Like there's going to be some defensive breakdowns that are going to probably drive Tony Bennett crazy. And he is probably not going to love some of the shot selection from some (laughs) young guys. And that's going to happen. But I do think that like you can see the vision where Virginia, I mean, this is an ACC middle that's completely wide open. And so we have Duke number one in our ACC preseason. And I think that's fair. But you, you look at two on like, does anybody feel that great about UNC? No. Does anybody feel that great about Clemson? You know, they're really good offensively. They have major defensive questions. And, you know, Brad Brown, Brownell is still coaching for his job like Miami. I I like their top four. They have major depth questions. So like you can talk yourself in and out of a ton of these teams that are projected two, three, four in the ACC. That's where I think Virginia, like maybe November and December look a little bit rocky, but these sophomores are going to start playing like juniors and seniors really soon. Like that's just how it is. And this is a developmental program. Like I expect Ryan Dunn to be ahead of the curve. I expect Isaac McNeely to be ahead of the curve. I expect Dante Harris to be a little bit better than a lot of people expect because he's been there. Like, I feel like that just being in that system is so important. And so, you know, I think for me, like, I don't know if Virginia has the ceiling to win the league. Maybe they do. If, if some of these young guys can really come together. 
But I, I think that you could put them at two and feel really good about that in the ACC. Like, I think they have a high floor, maybe as high a floor as almost any team in the ACC outside of Duke. And then their ceiling is like, if you're second, if you're competing for, for an ACC crown in the middle of February with this young of a roster, I think that's all you can ask for, right? Like, that's what you can ask for. And, you know, maybe we'll we'll look back and be like, wait, how was Virginia not ranked top 25 if Dunn takes a leap, if McNeely takes a leap, you know, if Rhodey you know, makes the Summit League to ACC jump look pretty minor because he's a really talented player. And there's some NBA buzz with him too. And I I, I think he's a guy that can really sneak up on teams because he's a lot bigger. He's a lot more skilled than a lot of people expect. And that's a huge, huge recruiting win for him. And, you know, right now I'm working on a story where hopefully we can get it on how he slipped through the cracks. And he's got to prove it and he's got all of these things to do. But like, there's a lot of measurables here that go, how did they miss on him? Like, how did how did high majors not get him on campus? And I think it's going to look really big for Virginia, not only for this year, but also for next year, if they can keep him around for a couple of years, because I think he's going to be a really good player. He just might need a little bit of time. I was going to say, you know, we're talking about what expectations are for this team, but this team, most of these guys are expected to be back the final year. Obviously, some of them might want to evaluate their NBA draft stock, but Jordan Miner is the only one with only one year left of eligibility when it comes to the transfers. All the other guys have multiple years of eligibility. So this is definitely a team that Tony Bennett created in mind for consistency for the next year. And you mentioned Dante Harris. And actually, Tony Bennett made a point to mention him in ACC tip-off during Charlotte, saying he was one of the best on-ball defenders that he's coached. And even Reese Beekman and said the same thing. We speak him and saying it's been good to face off against Dante because he's been getting better um, facing up a guy against a guy like that as well. So it'll be interesting if sometimes you might even see both of them on the court because I know uh, Tony Bennett said he's going to experiment a little bit with his lineup. So it's going to be an interesting season for you. It, it will be. And, you know, the the Dante Harris and uh, Reese Beekman together, I think that's a very fun combo because like, all right, let's let's play this game. All right, you're playing Duke. Duke has a boatload of guards that can go get one. Tyrese Proctor's going to be a, a breakout candidate this year, but they got Jared McCain. They got Caleb Foster. They have Jeremy Roach. Like they got a lot of guards you got to handle for. And so like, you know, if, I mean, Rhodey still has to prove himself on the defensive end. I think that's a, still a real question. And McNeely, like I thought he is a guy that I think he projects to be maybe a hook and trail person who can really defend shooters well. But I still have some questions about him as an on-ball defender, right? As he's growing into his role. Uh, I think it isn't crazy to be like, okay, like Dante Harris and and Reese Beekman are the guys that you're matching up against Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach and let's go to war. And so like that's like the – that's where the chess, like the chess pieces for this group, gets really interesting because I think they have like the bones to be very good defensively. They're just young. Like if you have like a point of attack defenders like Beekman and Harris, and then you have the wing rangy defenders like Ryan Dunn who can really be good, and then hopefully your backside defense continues to just be stout enough, even if you don't have that true vertical rim protector unless Blake Buchanan pops. Like there's still like a a piece of this defense that it can be like, you know, I don't think anybody expect this to be, you know, you know, Tony Bennett's best defensive team, but this is still going to be a good defensive team. Like I, I just have no doubts about that in my mind. Yeah, this is uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Tony Bennett is going to do with this lineup coming into the season. I think it's going to be a lot of tinkering depending on the lineup. It's just going to be fun to see what this team will look like. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining us today. Talk a little bit about UVA hoops. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on 
It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.